Utah Jazz win game one of the NBA playoff series with the Dallas Mavericks. Bogey carries the first half. Donovan carries the third quarter. A collection of plays with the angst meter going to all-time high again. Gets it done in the fourth quarter. And the Jazz lead the series one game to none. We're talking about it on postcast. David Locke along with Ron Boone as the Utah Jazz beat the Dallas Mavericks by the final score of 99-93. Mr. Boone, I will let you take the lead here today. Well, I thought it was it was a, a great tester here for the Jazz as far as um, what they're going to have to go through to win this basketball game, especially without, without Luka. Um, and I thought they handled it well. Uh, I like to see them cut down on some of the fouls, but maybe those fouls were necessary to keep, you know, especially since um, they missed, what, eight free throws, and most of those by Benny Smith. But I thought it was a tester here for, for the Jazz going forward uh, on, on what they have to face, you know, against this basketball team. If I take the negative for a second, Ron, I'm going to take the negative just for a moment, and then we can talk about it all. But late in the game, we got back into that just stagnant, Shot clock going to eight and nine and then down and lower and lower and and no options and bogey getting a post up and they double her. I mean, Royce ends up making a monster three on a play, but we just late in games are not getting into our offense with the same force and alacrity on and 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 giving us as much time to make plays as this team usually does. And the same thing showed tonight. I totally agree with you there. And, and the reason for that is you don't have a second and third option when you get that late in the clock. Uh, sometimes you have to go to a third option because of the rotation of defense and the way they, uh, the way they double team or something like that. But at the most, with a short clock, you can go to a second option, but then it's a shot that you don't want, really want to take. So I, I totally agree with you uh, in, in a situation like that. Uh, is, is to have as many options as possible, but the pace of play, I think, will get you the type of offense that, that you really want. And and for th- that's so hard. And, and hopefully that the Jazz can get away with some get away from something like that. In the big picture, Dallas is limited. They don't have their their guy. They don't have Luka Doncic, Jalen Brunson, and Spencer Dinwiddie are carrying a massive load offensively. They they interestingly in the way they're built. And it's why the pickup of Dinwiddie was such an important pickup for them. They just really don't have ball handlers, yeah. right? They just don't have guys that are going to put it on the deck and, and make plays other than those guys. So they're bringing it up every time. Brunson, when Dinwiddie's off the floor, has to take it every time. Dinwiddie, when Brunson's off the floor, has to take it every time. And they really did struggle offensively without Luka Doncic today. The Jazz did some really good things defensively as well. They deserve some of that credit. But there's no question. They shot 39% from the field, 29% from three. They started the night three of eight from three. They finished six of 24. They're limited in what they can do offensively right now. Yeah. Uh, I Also, if you want to look at the Jazz offense there as well, David, I, I know you're just talking about defense, but I'm just thinking about the Jazz uh, averaging 43-point shots a ball game during the course of the year, and, and they've had very few clean looks in the three-point line. And, and the Jazz going to have to figure something out there if they're going to get those looks. And the only way that I think that can happen uh, without coming with some offensive schemes is they got to move. They got to run a little bit faster. They, just play faster, and, and, and you can get those shots. Jazz ended up taking an incredible 40 amount, 42-point shots that were non not at the rim. So yeah. non Non-rim twos, the Jazz took 40. I'm pretty certain that's a season high. Now, that could be playoff basketball. 
that could be what they're doing, you know, in that sense. But there's they that's a sign the Mavericks defense, which is really good without Luca, their their defense is really good. Um, and they're they were able to force the Jazz into a lot of those floaters, a lot of the mid 11 mid range long twos. These are not shots the Jazz usually take. It will be interesting to look and see whether the threes ever open up in this series. Yeah, and you can see the pattern was starting to fall right into place for the Mavericks. Uh, what, what was it, 16 of the Jazz first 23 or 22 shots were at in the paint, not non-restricted area and with little floaters and little push shots and maybe a couple of uh, layups there as well. But it looks like that's what they wanted to do, stay home, maybe stay home on some threes and, and keep the Jazz from um, – you know, from getting those those three point shots, they only ended up with twenty two. So that worked for the Dallas Mavericks uh, in Game One. See what the Jazz do to correct those things in Game Two. The Jazz, uh, Brunson, Dinwiddie coming at Mike Conley, and the Jazz though defensively had Rudy Gobert hovering. I thought he had a monster defensive game today. He really did, and uh, and he, I'll tell you, any time he's down there in the paint, you have a driver. First thing you're going to do is look for Rudy. And then they try to look for that second option, knowing that, you know, if, if they can't get, to get a shot off. Jazz, for the most part, took some, most of that, that away there as well. I think Benny Smith was the only one. Well, no, I mean, Bullet is the only one that got the corner three off. I know Benny Smith had a couple uh, up up above the break, but Benny Smith was, um, Bullet was the only one that got the corner threes going. He had, ended up with eight three-point shots in the ball game. What did you see? Donovan was one of eight at halftime, uh, one of nine at halftime. I was concerned. You were like, he's fine. He'll be fine. What, what did you see that let you know he was going to be fine and then burst out for a 19-point third quarter? I, I don't know if I saw anything. It's it just the, being an ex-player, knowing that it, the caliber of player he is, he's going to figure it out and, and, uh, and make some things happen. So what did he do? He started getting to the basket. You know how many layups he had? and how many times he was able to score at the rim in in that third period. And what a third period he had. What did he have in that third period? He had two points. 19. In, ended up with, yeah, 19 points in, in that third period. Uh, and a couple of free throws. He had, ended up knocking down his three-point shot, and I know we're very happy about that. But he started going to the basket and scoring scoring at the rim. He made a couple of little fadeaway jump shots there as well with some, with some nifty footwork. But – you go in, you work, and then you work your way back out, you know, and, and hopefully uh, ho- hope he, he's found it. And, and, and he Here's we go rewatch the film. I don't think Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell got many off-the-bounce threes. Da- mm-hmm. Dallas was doing something defensively, and I think it's their pickup points. I think they're picking him up at about 40 feet, really pressuring him. And so by the time they get the pick, they're not in a position to take the off the bounce three. Well, I'll, I'll, you know, I think that's my instinct having called the game, but how often I kind of commented on that Kleba was all the way out or somebody was all the way out. But, you know, Donovan and Mike get a lot of off the bounce threes. Doesn't feel like we got a lot of those today. Mike got one where they had a defensive breakdown who was wide open. Well, you could tell, David, they put an emphasis on taking the threes away from the Jazz, period. You know, just flat out, period. And Donovan coming off the screen, Conley coming off screens, there, there's, and, and then the length that these guys have, other than Brunson. You know, they have a tremendous amount of length, so they just couldn't get those threes off. Um, but again, playing a little bit faster and you got the defense scrambling, you can get you can make you know make things like that happen. Bo- Bogey kept the jazz in the game and gave him the lead at the half. He had 20 in the first half. What did you see from him? Well, he was the one that kept things going, you know, with um he had a couple of threes, but he's the one that David can back guys in, shoot over the top of defenders and and 
that's where most of his points came from. He ended up with eight points in the first quarter, not one three. Uh, and most of that was backing guys up and just taking guys and just shooting over the top of them in, in, the, in and, the paint. And we saw playoff rotations from both sides. It got thin. Got Jazz different. didn't play Wancho <laughs> Herman Gomez in the second half. They played Mike Conley in a different little stint. Uh, 44 minutes, I think, for Finney Smith. To, or what did he finish up with? 44 for Bullock, 44 for Finney Smith, 40 for Brunson, 36 for Dinwiddie. We come back Monday night. They do get two days off before Thursday and back again Saturday. We're on the front end of this playoff schedule. Uh, and these guys are grinding big, big numbers out there. Jazz get the win. Final score tonight, one or today, 99-93. Dallas uh, puts out a pretty impressive effort. Brunson and Dinwiddie carry the load. Jazz make the plays late. And Royce with the monster three would be the play of the night for the Jazz is Royce O'Neal bearing that three. And then getting ready for a hockey game. So we got to get out. So of we got to get out of here. It's been cold all night. Ron's been upset about the fact how cold it is in the arena. Yeah. He's got to go buy $37 wings again. <laughs>